Sit down and buckle up. It's time for the Pirate Monk Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. You what you took the sitting back from that mic really seriously. You said I got you said I can't swallow the mic, I gotta be back. How far back am Split I? Split the difference. All right. Good. Yep, well please, it oh. feels so weird to have it way up there. How's this? I'll let you know. I'm gonna start again. No, no, it's good. This is how we should start. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna restart. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. A very special episode because here we are with not one guest but two, and we're all together in the same shared physical space at Kiro. Uh, Aaron, and you have managed to land somehow after years and years of invoking this man's name. You've managed to land your dream this, guest. This is true. I've I've asked other people to find you, by the way. <laughs> and then <laughs> about me, I thought you were talking about Scott. You no. never asked me so, to find Steve. I could have found him easily. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we I love. We'll, we'll, we'll leave. We'll leave them in suspense as to what we're talking about. Yeah. So this is good. Yeah. Uh, so, um, what are we supposed to do now, Aaron? We're supposed to banter <laughs> for a minute, aren't we? Yeah. So, how's it's raining out? Uh, yeah. Talk about the weather. Do something absolutely pointless. I have an idea. Why don't we just jump straight to listener mail? Okay, let's do listener mail. Then we'll have lots of time for other conversations. Uh, uh, let's let's introduce who's in in here. I don't consider Scott a guest. He is uh, one of the co-hosts for today. He's been here enough, and he's an OG Samson guy. Uh, we were talking about art last week, uh, so we've had a lot of OG conversations. Mm-hmm. So welcome, Scott Dente. Clap, 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 clap. That was a slow clap. <laughs> it's good to be here. Love, love both you guys. <laughs> love all the guys in the room, actually, for a long time. There's a lot of man love. So, it's good. Yeah, there's a whole lot of love in there. And the we room. also have Mr. Steve Taylor sitting across the table. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. So cool. Yeah. Do you get uncomfortable <laughs> with statements like that? I just that? got uncomfortable just now. So I was good. doing fine, and then it just got weird. <laughs> but, <laughs> Sorry, Steve. That's Can actually, I, I think I that's just have a question. So I have a delicious beverage here. I just want to make sure that you can't hear this if I swallow... Is that not nope, through, couldn't hear anything. Good, good. <laughs> could very much hear it. Yeah, I did it when he did it too. So okay. Next time, could you go, ah, because that would, yeah. Right. I don't know what you're drinking, but. I'm so excited. This is Scott. I'm so excited to. <laughs> Hi, Scott. Hi, Scott. <laughs> So excited. I'm, I'm in recovery from you guys. I'm so excited to know what you guys want to talk about today. Actually. All right. Well, I first, oh, I honestly, I have yeah. no idea yeah, it's really, what we're talking about. I meant to listen to an episode yeah. of the podcast on the way down yeah. and had other stuff I had to do, which I shouldn't be doing while yeah. I'm driving. It was probably more important than this. So that's good. good idea, so I'm so curious about what this, what's going to happen here. I listened to your entire catalog today though, in preparation for this. Yeah. So. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, all right, we're gonna do. Well, right. Let's go to listener mail first. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea, Scott. Nate. Reach in the sack and pull something good out. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. The mailbag is what you are referring to, and I will do that. All right. Uh, this this note. Oh, and we're just we're summarizing this, right? No, just, it's going to take me just a second to read it. I'll read almost all of it. Okay. I mean, so it's a few. Minutes. All right. I don't remember if there was personal stuff that he wanted read. 
Okay. But it's up to you. All right. You're, you're in charge. The responsibility can, is yours. Can now. I say he's from Canada without, without uh, blowing his anonymity? As long as you don't mention it's Toronto. Okay. All right. Hello from Canada, specifically Toronto. Yeah, come on. I just said. Really appreciate your podcast and have listened to many episodes. I just recently listened to the February 18th episode. And after the guest interview, one of you mentioned a woman in her 30s who was told by a counselor that she needed to grieve, accept the past with parental upbringing and stop, ex and stop expecting other people to love her in the way she didn't receive love as a young girl. Of course, just like anyone, we all have our own journey with many layers, so too much to drown right here, but I wonder if you can comment here, or maybe on a future episode, about how someone like myself, an almost 49-year-old single male, never married, but still open and desiring a marriage partner, who maybe didn't receive enough love and support uh, and didn't get the support they wanted and needed as a child. But rather than expecting this from other people, how can they come to God as a loving father and expect his love as a, uh, as his, quote, adult child, unquote? I hope this isn't too confusing. That's the letter. All right. So, quick summary. Uh, the woman he's talking about had struggled... Uh, with a neglectful parent and uh, actually an absent parent, an incredibly neglectful parent that made her feel like any need she had was a huge burden. In fact, she would talk about her whole childhood was just full of size mm -hmm. and she never wanted to get sick because mom would just feel like, Oh my gosh, what are you doing to me? I don't have time to take you. So in her adult life, she kept trying to, elicit from her husband, hey, make me feel like this 10-year-old girl needs to feel. The problem is she wasn't a 10-year-old girl, and her husband wasn't her dad, and it created a whole lot of problems in their relationship. The counselor uh, that I was talking about is Lois Brittell, B-R-I-T-T-E-L-L, -L, I think. Uh, she has a couple books out there where she wrote about this. Wonderful woman. In fact, my, my biggest recommendation this woman is, in the middle of counseling people, she would stop and say, I'm just about to say something. Hold on a second. And then she would pray out loud, asking God whether or not she should go the direction she was going, mm -hmm. which, who does that? Mm -hmm. Lois Bertel did. So uh, she was the one that helped this woman understand, stop trying to get this from your husband. You aren't a little girl. That little girl will never get her needs met. We have to grieve that, and you have to learn to be a woman. Scott, I thought of you when this letter came in because you've been a part of reparenting, helping guys like deal with those kinds of issues, and I thought you might have some practical words here. Gee, thanks, Aaron. Um, <laughs> so we just, just like softball for you there, Scott. No, it's not a softball. That's a curve. And I would like to say that my credentials include um, music production and guitar playing <laughs> for the last 35 years. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little baffled, actually, by the, by the question. And I'm not, sure how to, I'm not sure how to nutshell the question, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. So do you want to reframe what, what it What was all? your... Well, hands it back to me. That was well, so I skillful. I don't know if you could reframe it a little bit. I, 
I think, okay, I, I have a gospelicious thought on this, but I think the distance between the Christian answer that can be a, a churchianity platitude and some practical work, there's, there's some stuff in between that, that leads us. And uh, you've been a part of guys' practical works, practical works, work, let's go with work, uh, where you've had to say, okay, these are some ways that I've seen guys have addressed, yeah, I was really disappointed or hurt. I even think people, people should buy your last album, Scott, and listen to Dropped Off. Maybe you've got some thoughts on that song. Okay, well, <laughs> I have some thoughts on that song. I, I want to know, am I addressing it? Am I addressing her or him? That's what I want to know. Oh, yeah. Him. It's him. It's yes. him. Prompted. If I can just... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to imagine what's driving this guy to sit down and write this letter. Because mm-hmm. obviously, this story really grabbed him. So here he is. He's 49 years old or just about. Still not married. Would love to be married. And he is aware that he has been looking to people to meet needs, old needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and perhaps he's beginning to suspect that he's been too needy, that he's driving people away, that he's too much, that he needs somehow mm-hmm. to be able to go to God and get those needs met. Somehow this appetite has got to be satisfied. That's my guess. Yeah, and that those needs probably are old needs mm-hmm. that are never going to be met by someone now. I mean, well, that's, that's, that's kind of the, that's the way you're phrasing it, but I'm not sure I buy that. Well, he was bringing it up based on that conversation. Okay, that right. we go back and we keep trying to get people to meet a need uh-huh. that's never going to be met because I'm not a ten year old anymore. I'm right. not a twelve year old. I'm a I'm a grown ass man with adults. Yeah, and yeah. and I can't keep expecting them to meet my child needs. Not yeah. that those are unimportant, but it's not going to happen. Did that rephrase it at all? It rephrased it a lot, and I, I still I, I still don't have anything to um, mm-hmm. illuminate. Steve, what are you thinking? Oh, what man, wisdom was, are you I bringing was to this? You wouldn't bring me. In. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to throw it to you, Steve. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not a good person to ask, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and it's been a challenge for me uh, all my life because I. Uh, had a really great upbringing and really great parents were still with us. And, um, uh, and it's, it's been hard for me to, uh, uh, when I, when I meet people who did not have that, it's really hard for me to imagine like what you just said, a woman Mm -hmm. whose, whose parents look at her being sick as like a, you know, like putting them out, like that's really, that would be really tough. Yeah. But yeah, I, I can't imagine what that would be like. What's your gospel issues take? Yeah, the the gospel side and and knowing that there's a journey to get there that might include some physical, uh, boy, what's the right word? I almost said the word secular. I'm like, no, that's not what I mean at all. Uh there's a process to get there. Ultimately, when I read this letter, I thought of the the perfect father. I thought of Jesus saying, hey, you know what a good father is? How much more so your father in heaven? Something we've talked a lot about here. Yeah. If I 
cannot start to understand that, then I'll always be looking to other people to meet that. When God's like, no, seriously, you can. I mean, the greatest thing that we rob from God as Christians, in my opinion, is that we think he's a an abusive workaholic father. Mm-hmm. He's not a good father. He's a bad father. If but I often ask people, do you think God's easily impressed by you? And and you know what the automatic reaction is. Of course not. He, he's usually disappointed, frustrated. He's certainly not going, Scott, you just did that. Oh, my gosh. I'm framing that, putting it on the wall. I'm putting it on the refrigerator. No, he's always slightly disappointed. Mm-hmm. What kind of parent acts like that? A horrible parent. I still have pictures that Samuel drew a nose on a face for the first time. We still keep that. My 20-year-old son. It is objectively shit. (laughs) Everybody knows it's bad. Mm -hmm. But I'm his dad. I'm like, no, this represents the moment that you put a nose on a face. Does that make me easily impressed? Yeah. Is God? No. Why? Because I think he's a bad father. So I think working through what it means that in this New Testament context, we have a perfect father, mm-hmm. that I have the right to be called a child of God. Yeah. That starts to fill those holes that even a good parent, because I had awesome parents too. So I'm totally with you. Uh, my parents were great. And yet they weren't even close to perfect. So sometimes it's harder for people with good parents to get this as opposed to people with bad parents. Because it's, oh, now you know what's good? How much more so? So I guess that was the gospel-ish's thought. Was, yeah, I like that thought. That's really good. Why didn't you answer it the first time? That was really because good. Was, yeah, well, yeah. well, Steve there's, and I there's, are going to Why did you torture us first? Because <laughs> there's practical stuff, too. No, it's great. And, and, and I, th- you know, I already used the word reframe, so, but I'm going to use it one more time. And I think to be able to, um, to have – some people in our lives, some friends, some uh, maybe it's even a therapist, maybe something to to put a mirror up and to reframe those those failings, those falling short, uh, those ways that that those relationships fell short. Because I I had a dad that wasn't uh, he was he was the breadwinner and he was he was not abusive in any way, but he was definitely neglectful. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was all about like you mentioned the song that I wrote. And it was about the feeling of being 15 years old and being dropped off on a corner. Like, this is as far as I go. I got nothing. Like, I got nothing left. For you. I got nothing else for you because I don't have the tools and figure it out. And so I figured it out and I made my own tools, but I made them out of mud and sticks and, you know, and they didn't work very well. And then they failed completely later on and the wheels fell off. But that's when, you know, and, and you know, when I, when I first started going to the Samson Society, all of a sudden, there were brave men in a room that were willing to bear my story and that had similar stories and that would put a mirror up and say, hey, man, that's not that's not who you are. That's not how it is. Let yeah. me tell you about you mm-hmm. because you you got to reframe this. You know, you've got to retell this a little mm-hmm. more accurately. And that was the beginning of, you know, that's a long time ago now, but that was the beginning of uh, beginning to actually accept and maybe even love myself just a little bit. Mm-hmm. still struggle you know because i'm a knucklehead through and through but i'm not that bad <laughs> you know and i because i've got people i've got your, people your that heavenly father's super impressed by you yeah yeah that's what from it's what like, i understand oh that's yeah. scott yeah. 
So anyway, yeah, I, but I do like your, I like your take on it. I think you solved it. Oh, oh good. Yeah. Well, there, there it is. Well, let's come back around to what you said, though. And, and I'm very curious because I sometimes feel like an outsider. He points out- at Steve Taylor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. This is not a video podcast. <laughs> All right. Oh, wait. So I dressed up for nothing? <laughs> I know. I know. Look, did you see the show? I'm not I wearing, yeah. <laughs> I'm not wearing pants, though. So. Yeah, I know. But you look great from this. See, night. you say that, but this used to all be video, and I would often wear nothing from the waist down <laughs> just <laughs> as a big F you to yeah. me having to be in California doing this. So right. ever Are we since, still answering the letter? No. No. Uh, oh, okay. We've moved on. Okay. That's a, that's a totally fair statement. Thank you. So we hope that helps you, listener. Mm-hmm. So back to what you were saying, though. Uh, did, did you 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 did your inhalation like oh. you had something to say? Well, I thought we were going to do a break, like a second well, break, and say we'll be right back. No, no, no? Let's, uh, one more little hump to get over here. Okay, I think, this, I think this is episode one, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think this is our first Doesn't one. sound really okay. This ahead. this is important to what will happen after the break. Uh, give me some of this picture. You are a pastor's kid. Yes. So every pastor's kid I've ever met, I ask about because I have four pastor's kids. And so it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. You're saying it's a good thing. Talk about this. Your dad was an American Baptist pastor. Yes, right. And and I think in the same region, I was an American Baptist. ABC PSW, the Pacific Southwest. For those of you yeah, who don't that know. that covered Denver too, right? Colorado? Did it cover Colorado? Or some of the, it. Some yeah, of it, yeah, over to Arizona, up to Nevada, okay. parts of it. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, American Baptist means nothing. If you think Baptist, oh, we know what that means. Nope. American Baptists are 13 regions, I think. 12 of them are geographic, and the rest are their mission efforts. If I remember right, it's been a while. So what was this home like? And it's going to affect where we're going with this conversation. <laughs> So what? I need to choose wisely. Yes, <laughs> with no more information than that. We're, so we're, what was this home like? Yeah, what, uh, so, so you, your parents were awesome, and yes. yet so many pastor's kids are like, I don't know, I saw dad acted this way at church and then this way at home. Give us, yes. give us a little of this picture. Well, that was the best part because they were reasonably conservative. But uh, in fact, American Baptists aren't necessarily known for being, they're more of a, I guess liberal progressive it, it de- denomination. No, it depends yeah. on the region. Yeah, it does Pacific Southwest was very conservative. Gotcha. Go to others, very right. liberal. That's why you can't know what yes, it means. That's right, right. Uh, but they were very, uh, yeah. There was no real dissonance between what my dad said on Sunday and and the way my parents lived. So that is a pretty great gift to have, especially if you're a pastor's kid. Siblings. Yes, a, a, a brother uh, born a year and eleven minutes later uh, than wow. I was, and then a sister who's three years younger. Okay, so and so, we're all still very close. And so you were the oldest. I was the oldest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 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 I had an older sister. Okay. Okay. No, it's just you. You're the responsible one in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Is that how that works? Oh yeah. Oh. Sorry. Yeah. Nate was very much the responsible one with all of his siblings. <laughs> Uh, but Aaron knows Nate, so he knows he's not really the responsible. <laughs> so not true. Uh, okay, so give us give us a little more of this picture. So you were in California. You were in what's it, Brawley? Yeah. That, wow. Good job. Yeah. So my dad's first 
pastorate was in Brawley, California, which, which is, is right 50 on the miles north of Mexico. Yes, the Mexican border, right. closer to Arizona than anything yes. in California. Yes, kind of Palm Springs ish, but not far. I mean, my mom, uh, her my ancestral home on my mom's side was Twenty Nine Palms, California, in the Mojave Desert, which is wow. Well, you know, if you can count the palms, I guess <laughs> you can figure out the rest. <laughs> Um, you had nothing and, better yeah. to do. And so my grandfather was actually uh, uh, homesteaded, uh, I guess, during the Dust Bowl and came to well, – what a drag. I just realized – never occurred to me, what, you leave the Dust Bowl to go to the desert? Like wow. that seems like a bad deal, right? It's almost Old Testament, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he went to – uh, Does 29 Palms count as an oasis? I don't I, I don't I know what the number well, is yeah. on that. What would at that, that point? What yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, and so it, it uh, so you could have, you get free land if you were willing to live there. And so uh, <laughs> that's the advertisement. Yes. Right. So, uh, he was the one who brought kind of cultural, uh, social life to 29 Palms. So he started off with a dairy and then they opened like an ice cream shop and then he built a, <laughs> a, a an outdoor, like a, a, a movie theater, patio movie theater that eventually turned into a drive-in wow. movie theater and a, uh, a roller rink. And uh, so wow. they became kind of the cultural center of uh, Jeez. 29 Palms. That was like, he was like the patriarch of fun. We've he got was. ice cream, roller skating That's movies. Yes, That's amazing. Was. And if you go to 29 Palms, which I'm not necessarily recommending, but um, <laughs> uh, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting place. The Europeans love 29 Palms. I don't know what it is, but it's got it's, – it's big on murals. And so there's an entire mural <laughs> with my family really? there on the side of a building where you can see – my mom's as a kid and what the what the uh what the uh ice cream uh soda shop looked like what she worked wow. in and wow. yeah it just so kind of tells the story have you taken your family to visit those murals we have been yes so if you in fact you could go online and look up 29 palms smith's ranch mural and i think you would find it because of this, uh, did you say it was a, dri- a drive-in or it was just a movie? Now theater? it's a drive-in theater. It started off as a. It was just on a, a screen and a projector on a patio. Do you remember watching movies there? Oh yeah, I worked. Is this, where, is this where your love of film came? Well, from? I guess so. I guess that would make That's sense. Really cool. But yeah, so it was. You know, and in in, when I was coming up, it was the old school where uh, we'd sit up in the booth above the uh, snack bar. And the projectors would go, but a, a, a bell would go off, and that meant you had to run and jump to the other projector and start sure. it at the right time. And it was so, Cinema Paradiso. I was like, yeah, it was exactly like that. Yeah. This is, this is fascinating from the words. They were kind of into murals right through the rest. <laughs> yeah. Unexpected. Uh, I, if we're, are we keeping, but we're I keeping I score? But I think I digress. Did I digress? No, you're describing how you grew up. I think it's awesome. I think it's, yeah, it's amazing. And... I really love this idea that your grandpa was the purveyor of yes, entertaining the, of fun. the entertainment uh, mayor and uh, that somehow this gets passed down to all of your passions or somehow I want to connect with entertain, but also get people to think. I think that's right. fascinating. I was more looking for the spiritual side, yes, but well, I'm, I'm totally too. fine. No, I'm fine <laughs> leaving it with that. Honestly, yeah, it's, it's perfectly good. We'll be right back on the pirate monk podcast. I'm 
share a stuff that'll walk in now, may I was stuck Now I know it's not enough, I wanna be a clown I ask the Lord into my heart, listen, that was the way to start Now you gotta play the part, I wanna be a clown Be a clown, it's just a miss for good night Loneliness, this makes the happiness right I'm grateful that they show the way, cause I can never know the way So I'm on my own, I wanna be a clown Sexy. It was good. All right. We just listened to a song. You're, when did you write Want to Be a Clone? Oh, man, I think that was like 1981 or 82, I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, based on a conversation we had, I think this is an interesting question for all of us. But first, I want to know what were you thinking when you wrote that? Like, what was it about at that time? Yes, at the at the time, I had a number of friends who had uh, older friends who would come up in the Jesus movement and were having a hard time finding churches that they felt I don't know where they felt understood mm-hmm. or uh, uh, they were just were feeling out of place, I guess. And so it was mostly prompted by that. I, but I, I should I should also say uh, the specific idea came from uh, I was going to uh, Colorado University in Boulder and I was a, uh, a music major but I was a film minor and the film department was in like a was was a fledgling department and it was stuck in the oldest building or one of the oldest buildings on campus called Old Main. So it was a decrepit corner of a decrepit building where they also kept like all their uh, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, biology samples and squids in jars and things like that. And so, uh, so I would go like check out some film equipment and then in the restroom, which was really (laughs) old, there were three wooden stalls and one of them was labeled, uh, via graffiti sex and one was labeled politics and one was labeled religion. And so the graffiti in each of these stalls corresponded to the subject that had been scrawled outside the, the uh, stall. But above the urinals... Uh, <laughs> I love the organization of vandalism. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fantastic. It was heady. impressive. Above the urinals, someone had started a thread, which would be the best way to put it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which was called A Musical Tribute 
to asexual reproduction. And all of the things that it written underneath were all just plays on clone. Mm -hmm. So the word clone. So, you know, send in the clones was one of them. And of course I stole that and everybody wants to get cloned. I stole that. And uh, there was a few, there were some few, uh, 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 some actual original thought in the song, but a lot of it was prompted by every time I took a leak in old Maine. Uh, I'm I just, I'm just feeling like people are now I, understanding you're not as clever as they no, thought no. you were. Oh, you no. just peed more. You had like some urinary exactly. tract stuff. Yes. Okay. Had it not been for the urinals there, I might not be sitting here. <laughs> so does that mean... You didn't write John three sixteen for Bannerman. Either? <laughs> yes, yes. I know. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh! <laughs> He's a plagiarist. It's gonna okay. be a lot of bubbles. This is an expose. Today, so. Really, is what this is. <laughs> so I never, man. That's a, I love that story. That's 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 better than what I thought. Yeah, I thought you were just annoyed at church people. <laughs> well, but, but let's let's pause on that thought because it's really interesting. You're writing this for your friend's sake. Oh, right. they're coming to a church where everybody's just saying, don't think for yourself. I right. mean, that's what the lyrics are constantly about. Stop thinking for yourself. Just do what we're telling. Think what we're telling you to think. And yet that's not what you had experienced at all in the church. Right. That's 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 pretty much true. Yeah. It's not that our church was the hippest church by any means, but it was, uh, I think my dad understood that like say a youth group should be led by probably someone young. And so like when the, like when the Jesus movement was happening, I was younger, but it was led by a kind of a hippie guy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it drew a lot of people, teenagers from the community because they felt like they belonged there. And, you know, that was, that was always a tricky thing to navigate when you've got uh, different kind of, cultural cross currents going in the same church, but my dad was pretty good at it. And, uh, so Mm -hmm. we, we managed to survive and I was, uh, yeah, I was fortunate to grow up in a church like that. But that's a really huge deal when it comes to the faith journey. I know of, uh, the other guys sitting in this room where it feels like, Oh, to say, I'm sorry, I'm going to not listen to you for a minute so I can think for myself. I'm not signing up for this clone thing that often people feel like they have to go to the far extreme where you're actually thinking those thoughts, riding that wave while still being moored to your faith where so many people feel like they have to become detached from their faith to have it. So a, I think that's really interesting, important. And B the question is, does the meaning of that song change any in 2020 from 1980? <laughs> oh, es- yes, it does. <laughs> and especially with everybody else in this. So that's what I, I want to hear from all of you. How, how does that, that change in 2020? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, it's funny we're talking about this song because I can't remember the context, but uh, like I heard it in the last month and I had not heard it for a while. And I, I always have a hard time with older recorded stuff just because, you know, it just sounds so it much. Sounds so eighties. Right. So yes. very eighties. Right. So that's always been hard, but I'm listening to it and I'm thinking, Oh, I see where this, I guess I see why this caught on. Like it's, yeah, that, this is kind of, this is not that bad. And, um, uh, and of course I think, you know, and today's, 
I guess, political environment, I guess if we're going there, mm -hmm. uh, it probably seems as appropriate as ever, I guess. I don't know. I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it. I always think of it as a, you know, 35 year old song, but, uh, I suppose. So yeah, maybe I need to sit down with the lyrics and read through them one more time and then I could make a better call on that. But so it has a lot to do with group think. I, I mean, with what you're yes, saying, now. right. Like identity politics a little bit. Yes. Right. right. All right. We're going to skip over both of you for the moment Good. and go to what Nate thinks. And then you guys can formulate your thoughts in the most sensitive way possible. Mm -hmm. I see that look in your eyes, Scott. I feel challenged, but not up to it. Go ahead. <laughs> What am I supposed to do? You know, I'm curious, like, what, what has it meant for you? You grew up. Oh, yeah. Very strict. Uh, Nate's dad, legalistic Pentecostal. Right, exactly. So yeah. you always Pastor's fail kid, spiritually, yeah. morally. And, and by the way, I don't Have you guys seen the new Jonas Brothers documentary on Netflix called Chasing Happiness? Nope. Allie and I watched it last night. Unbelievable. I did not know. I guess, I, well, I don't know. I've been off in the woods somewhere. I didn't know their dad was uh, an Assemblies of God pastor. They grew up in church, sang in church. When they were shooting the document, at some point, their dad had to make a choice between, they were starting to really take heat because his boys were not a Christian band. They were singing rock. <clears throat> their first deal was with uh, Columbia, New York, tried to turn them into a rock band. So they were, and, uh, their dad took a lot of heat and he had to make a choice between his boys and his career. He got forced out of the church. Uh, he chose his boys. Wow. They're doing this documentary film all these many years later. And uh, so they drive back to this New Jersey town where they grew up. And they stand on the sidewalk and they look at the parsonage. And then they walk two doors down and they look at the church. But they're not allowed onto the property. Wait, how many years later is this? Oh, 20 years later. They're oh, not allowed? They're not allowed onto the property. That's because of who they are or because they're filming? No, I. That's that's a fair, but just just wrecks. Yeah, if I don't. You're right, I don't. That just I don't wrecks know how the they story. Got, I like the way you think. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just, yeah, I don't know how they. But the the uh, you can hear the voice of the producer, director, whoever's running things, saying, uh, "We're not allowed on the property." And and it's the boy, just you know, and the what? boy, the boys later, you know, they're hashing this out, saying, "We're welcome everywhere in the world." Mm. The only two buildings we can't go in are the home we grew up in and the church we have, we, we've helped build. Wow. Uh, that is pretty wild. Yeah. Which, which, and you can hear the bitterness in their voice. You can just hear the bitterness and the anger. And I recommend you watching it. Yeah. All right. Good answer. Fair enough. Okay. There's still a boy band, but soon there'll be a man group. So you should watch it soon. <laughs> Because that's what boy bands become. <laughs> oh, man. And they, I, I don't think I've ever heard a Jonas Brothers song, but the fact that you said he was in trouble because they were a rock band, something yeah. didn't feel right yeah, yeah, about yeah. that. But yeah. maybe they're... Yeah, and then the heat... And then turns out two of those brothers have had massive global careers since the group broke up. Like as painters? No. Nope. Yeah. So Joe and Nick. Yeah. Still musicians. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good for them. Joe and Nick, shout out to you. Good job if you're a listener to the Pirate Monk Podcast. <laughs> Keep rocking or boy banding, whichever way. Keep okay, rocking. so but uh, 
I took us off track. I'm not sure what the track was, but I took us off. No, it has to do with I the, took us it, on a track. It has to do with the cloning thing. I, okay, that, that this like, is the way it, it's supposed to look. Scott here. Um, Hi, Scott. I like I like what you said earlier uh, about uh, about Steve's journey in, in that he explored those um, those ideas while while still saying you said moored to the faith. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And how most people have to like shoot off. And um, as far as people that had to shoot off into the into the stratosphere, that was definitely my story growing up. I grew up in a in a Catholic home in northern New Jersey in the seventies, and then my mom um, found some Jesus Jesus preaching loving Catholic friends, and they were getting slain in the spirit in the kitchens mm-hmm. of uh, Rivervale, New Jersey. In what like what 19, year is okay. it? Was like nineteen seventy six, seventy seven. And all of a sudden, like we, you know, Holy Communion, penance, confirmation. I did all these things, but but there's my mom. You know, all of a sudden, there's all these books in the house, and there's this music I never heard. And I was like, can't we just go to church on Saturday night like we always do? And go to go to guitar mass. I really like that guitar you, mass. You, 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 know? didn't, you didn't think there was anything worse than going to church until people until, started getting saved, right? Un- yeah. Right until until my mom started loving it. Yeah. So anyway, get, get into high school, you know, get into high school, and and I was one of those kids that uh, my mom was like, as long as oh, at least he's reading. But what I was reading, I'm I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I was a I was a sex, drugs, and rock and roll kid, and started reading all kinds of crazy stuff, including Carlos Castaneda. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was uh, autobiography of a yoga by of a yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. Like I just started reading. Anything that did not have to do with what my mom was into, mm-hmm. and my dad, he, I think he, the only scripture he knew was that the was it the centurion who the whole house is going to be saved because yeah yeah, yeah yeah my father he that was his scripture he was like I'm fine I'm coming <laughs> in on your coattails I'll be home making the gravy on Sunday yeah, you know yeah. and gravy is uh, red sauce That's by the right, way exactly. where I grew up okay <laughs> so. So my dad was making the gravy. I was reading all these crazy books, and, you know, like sorcery and, you mm-hmm. know, just Eastern religion. And so if you think about the way planets orbit around the sun, it's not a perfect circle. You know how, it, like, at some point they're farther away? Yeah. That's the way my – I'm not going to tell my entire story, but that's the way my journey with God has been. I feel like there have been seasons where really close to the yeah. sun – Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like there's kind of like, whoa, what is this? It's a little cold out here. <laughs> and I seem to be – there's less gravity, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's been my – that has been my journey in the last mm. 35 years. Mm. And I, I can say right right now, if I – to be completely honest, because I'm in a room with people I feel like I can be completely honest with, and I have no idea where this microphone is transmitting to, but I don't really care <laughs> – is that like I feel a little bit on the dark side of the moon even right now? Yeah, yeah. you know, and you know, reading Jordan B. Peterson and and even like uh, some uh, one of the like preeminent atheists right now, Sam Harris, and and actually like testing myself a little bit, like okay, I'm 56 years old. I don't know that I can give an elevator pitch for God right now. I feel untethered, and I actually feel okay with it a little bit because I feel like I'm having to. Reexamine all of it. You know, I have a grandson now and a granddaughter on the way. And so I think being closer to 60 than 50, that I owe it to myself and my family to 
to check to check myself again, you know? And so that's kind of where I'm at. And, and I can't – so, Aaron, you and I have talked about this quite a bit. That's where I'm at, and I don't quite know where I'm at. I'm not saying I don't. I'm, I'm not saying I'm I don't have any. My, I don't. I don't have any faith. Yeah. But I'm saying I'm. I feel very interested and open to people that don't have any faith, and I want to. I can engage them without fear right now. Yeah. And I'm really glad of that because I've had a lot of a lot of fear in my life. So, so that was the question. Not knowing your answer at all, being on that dark side, but knowing that there's always going to be like a gravitational pull back mm-hmm. is there some undercurrent of like okay this is exciting even when it feels a little cold right now i'm i i can't wait to find out where this is taking me yes exciting but because i've operated out of fear for so many years excitement feels like fear and i can't always discern the difference mm. Does that makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so exciting sounds like i'm really glad the sun's out and we're going to six flags <laughs> oh, so sad. But, but listeners, 3.30 in note, the morning yeah. feels a little bit more like, eh, I hope the sun comes up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, I'm, you know. Have you endured those seasons, Steve? Um, not particularly. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm afraid if I bring this up, it'll just go down a rabbit hole. Um, I am so bummed out and angry at the at our president's evangelical supporters right now mm-hmm. that I'm having a really hard time because I feel like uh, I gave uh, a lot of people and a lot of leaders the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. and they did not deserve that benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and you know again without going down a a rabbit hole. I, I feel like uh, uh, a lot of my brothers and sisters have bought into this weird uh, political idolatry that I do not understand, and uh, um, and will never understand. Mm. And I'm hoping that one day they uh, wake up, and I, there are people that I respect all along that kind of spectrum, and I understand you know, they're thinking about lesser of two evils and all that stuff. But the, the ones that are just like all in, I just think they've lost their mind. I, I, I actually, I actually sent a tweet out that I've never actually, uh, uh, regretted, although it cost me a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of, some friends and probably a lot of fans. And it was, it was during the primaries and, 2016, where I just made a statement that I thought, sure, we can all agree on this, which was if you've, uh, if you're a Christian voting for Donald Trump, again, this is during the primaries, you've either lost your faith or lost your mind. And I just figured that was, that was, any tweet, we all understand any tweet that. that starts with, surely we can all agree on this, <laughs> you just ought to know is not going to end well. Because, yes. So I, I say that's not even knowing how everybody at this table feels, but that's I'm good. just going to put it out there. It's like, I'm I'm pretty bummed out at the state of things. Well, it's it's interesting that you're bringing that up in the context of your faith journey right. and and your connection with right. the evangelical church. Yes. Uh, so does that just make it feel like I you don't know where to fit in because now there's a bunch of baggage attached? It's not it's not so much that because I I know, you know, I know that uh 
my church as an example is not reflective of that. And I know there are a, a, a lot of people who uh, are kind of feeling the way I do that are fellow believers. But um, uh, I am, I'm just surprised at how uh, the percentages that they're just such a, <laughs> evidently, or if those polls are any indication, just such a high percentage of like, wow, like, People that should know better that uh, have just bought into a, an entire agenda. And again, I wouldn't. We could parse out policy and all that stuff, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm fine with that and understand that. But to uh, to support a guy that I've been making fun of for thirty years, who in my mind represents just about everything that uh, uh, a Christian would not want to stand for, um, and it's been that way ever since. For, you know, ever since he came into the public eye, it's, it's, I'm still recovering from the shock of it. It's very interesting because we had a listener question for you. Right. Which he's, uh, it's our friend, Brian. He's going to be mortified that I'm reading this. <laughs> to indirectly question the credentials of a president because of his wife consults the stars was a risky and bold lyric in the 80s. It was a Steve Camp song from his album, Justice. Uh, <clears throat> could a Christian musician get anywhere that close to criticizing Trump and still be on K-Love? In other words, is a Christian a prophetic voice to the powers more or less allowable? Uh, anyways, that, that's yeah. his question. Uh, and uh that was a lyric from Steve Camp's album, Justice, uh, speaking of Ronald Reagan's wife and that he was critical of her consulting the stars, uh, which he attributed to you. But I think he's talking about what you're talking about right now, ironically. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. right, right. So he was able to be critical of that in the 80s. Seems to be a bit more intense right now, regardless of how people think or believe that you can't be critical or ask the questions without it just being, oh, you've chosen a side. In fact, right. even with what you said, there are certain listeners right now that are thinking, why did he go there? And not actually hearing what you're saying or right. thinking about it because they think they have to change a side to listen. So what What in the world, this is for all of you, What? where do we go with our state of actually listening to each other? I don't know. It gets really tough. I'll tell you what, I was at, I was at the station in uh, last Friday night with our good friend Sam Black. The band doesn't start till nine. The doors open at seven. If you want a seat, you got to get in at seven. So you got two hours to talk, right? And we wound up across the table from a, a Canadian couple who, of course, launched immediately into uh, politics. <laughs> and um, the guy's a human rights lawyer. Uh, and they, yeah, I outed myself as a recovering sex addict early. So, and that <laughs> you you always hope that makes that, them go away, to, but, yeah, they but they stay. And they stay. That's and it. They start talking about Trudeau, and it's like, start they, making recommendations that were awkward. That, so that lowered the bar, and then uh, we talked about all kinds of stuff. But early in that conversation, um, this guy looked at me and he said, uh, "So are you an evangelical?" And I. 
And I knew what he was asking. He wasn't asking, do I believe that Jesus is the son of God, that we need a savior, that there is... He wasn't asking any of that. He has this whole... And turns out, he's got a big package uh, of... of, uh, You've just gone from sex addiction to he had a big (laughs) package. I feel awkward. You went there. Okay. I did go there. Um... And 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 I and I had to dodge and weave. I, I said, "I'm a Christian and I speak the dialect." That's how I handled it. Oh, well, that was a good. Huh? That's a good. That was well put. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I but, like it but, too. My friend's wicked smart. <laughs> no, but isn't it? Isn't isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Hard and and disappointing and sad that. The Christian community has been so riven by this thing, right? And that yeah. that and that that's now the assumption. If you're in evangelical, right, 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 you butt into and from a great many of my evangelical friends, how I answer, how I vote, is a measure of my faith. Yes. Right. It used to yeah. be just you believe in amillennial eschatology. You're not a Christian. <laughs> now it's right. you didn't vote for Trump. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Hickey this. Adams. I think this situation. The situation that Steve was describing is one of the things that has pushed my orbit a little farther away, Uh to be honest. So by the way, listeners, uh, we still haven't divulged what many of us think about this. We're just, uh, I mean, as far as the actual politics of it. This is not a political podcast. We will get plenty of mail. I don't care about that. But the point is. I just know people are going to be praying for me, and I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but the the, the more important point, like I'm hearing this. We still got, I'm watching the time. Okay. Uh, I still know because where where we planted the church in Templeton, mm-hmm. 80% Trump voters, San Luis, 80% Clinton voters within 15 minutes over a hill. And I know my friends back in Templeton who would say, oh, this is what you're trying to say. No, what we're trying to say is there isn't anything that can be said without trying to end run so this is what you mean. There, there's no journey through. Mm-hmm. It's just a journey around to get to the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Who are you voting for? What mm-hmm. are you thinking? And that is that is not the way Christians – we have to understand the difference between what we believe and politics is two different things. Mm-hmm. The, the whole gay cake thing, the people that wouldn't do the cake for the gay couple, like from a legislative standpoint – I don't think they should be forced to do anything. They have a business. But the very people that would say that would say, because gays are bad, they're the enemy. Well, great. Jesus said, if your enemy's hungry, feed them. So from a Christian perspective, you have to make them the cake. You can't still be a Christian and not make the cake. However, if there was a law on how would you vote for it, I totally vote that they don't have to make the cake. But as Christians, they do. Like, we have to just suss out the difference. It's not that complicated. Right. I think my mic well just stopped working. <laughs> <laughs> but I've had some gay cake and it was delicious. <laughs> you, you, uh, you know what? We're going to take a quick break and then we've got one more question, two we more do? questions. Uh, we're still good. All right. Two more questions and uh, then we'll let it go. <laughs> you, you can leave any time, Nate. Okay, There's right. enough fun in this room without you. All right, all right, but I want you to be here. Okay. All right. We'll be right back on the Pirate Monk Podcast.
And we are back on the Pirate Bunk Podcast. All right, we're going to be quick, Nate. Okay, good. For whatever reason you Nate want. Nate has to go. We've got, we've got two... I've got a Samson meeting that starts quite soon. Uh, we've got two questions. One from Gary, uh, and he's asking this. Uh-oh, I, I scrolled too far and I'm lost. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Steve. What do you think the church in America will look like in 15 years? Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Would you wait? Do we need to get your wizard hat for this prophecy? Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Um, well, it will it will look browner. Mm, and uh, I'm, I, you know, I don't know. No I'm, suspicion. Just you're living in the moment. It's okay. Yeah, I don't. I I I think uh, my suspicion is when that uh, when certain people in power are no longer in power, there's going to be a tremendous uh, backlash. It it might be primarily a legislative backlash, or a uh, but but my suspicion is uh, it's going to it could swing really far in a different direction and uh and people i probably people will have you know some of my more conservative friends might have their worst nightmares realized because they they always feared that was what it was going to be like my response would be uh that may be true but uh christianity has never functioned well as uh as a tool for power. So, uh, you know, what did you expect? Mm. And when Steve was talking about when someone might not be in power, he was talking about Vladimir Putin, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> yes, uh, that's right. We're going to wrap it up with one question before we do, Nate, we want to hear listeners writing in their interesting thoughts and questions. We do, and we wonder whether whether today's episode will elicit any comment at all. Hope so. Yeah. Please uh, send us your thoughts, or the thoughts of uh, anyone you know, to piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. We care to hear what you think, or we'd like to tell you why we don't. Okay. So send in a note, and let us know. Okay, so the last question, and... I saved it for the last because it's the hardest. Could you just say another question? Because that way then you can cut out all the other questions that you decide <laughs> would be better and left out of this podcast. Okay, yeah. I, okay. I'm just so happy that you think you're messing this up. So it's good. Uh, I saved this for last because I really want an honest answer from you. And I feel like this will be the hardest. Oh, you mean all, all the other easy questions? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I don't want you to be afraid. Were that, you implying that his other answers weren't honest as well? <laughs> or really. It seems a little. It's, uh, I, and and I, I'm suspicious that some of them weren't. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to ask. I want to throw him a softball. I want to say, Steve, are you going to make any more movies or any more music? Yeah. <laughs> Can that be That's the so, last question? So, so boring. Have <laughs> we mentioned that he is now uh, the chair of the... No, see, head no, of the Department you, of no, was, Film and Theater Arts at the University. I have a ceremonial title at the 
university. I'm really just their filmmaker in residence. He's an auteur. But uh, <laughs> He's an auteur. the ceremonial title is the director of the School of Theater and Cinematic Arts. Did it come with I a sash and a beret? I theater hope so. and Cinematic Arts. Okay, there we go. But we have a fantastic uh, faculty, I will say this, including Mike Naraki, who oh, is uh, yeah. co-creator of VeggieTales, voice sure. of Larry the Cucumber. We yeah, have yeah, we know Mike. Tom Bancroft is a fantastic Disney animator and... Uh, so we got we got Seth Worley, who if you've heard of, is a fantastic filmmaker. From, really, is, yeah, is a one of our adjuncts. So we have a nice. we have a great team. And before I ask this question, uh, are you promoting you're still gonna anything? you're still gonna do ask you, it right? Do you want people to know, like, hey, I'm doing this and connect here? I, I don't know. We we're just having a nice conversation. Uh, I don't actually have anything to promote. Awesome. <laughs> what is it? Uh, I, I'm promoting the month of March. Is that what? Uh, <laughs> You what, know what uh, John Mulaney said? Yeah. He said he didn't have anything to promote, so I'm going to go with March. Yay, March. <laughs> March doesn't get its due. John so. Mulaney also said something that rang so true. He said, for those of you who don't know who I am, uh, I'm like Louis Farrakhan. I mean a great deal to a very small number of people. <laughs> he, he means a great deal to me, but uh, well, were he, were he, wasn't he just in Nashville? Did you? Yes. Oh, I missed the it's show. It's fantastic. He yeah. also likened our current sitting president to a horse being loose oh, in the hospital. But so anyway, great. that's all right. So yeah. we're moving on to my question. You guys had enough. All right. So please don't worry about the ego. Okay. Just truth. You, David Byrne of the Talking Heads, Peter Garrett of Midnight Oil, 1983, having a dance-off. Who do you really believe would win? <laughs> Not me. Uh, probably Peter Garrett. I actually met him. Beautiful human being. Uh, we hung out together and played so pool jealous after right, a So festival. jealous right now. He's, but. he's one of my favorites. And he was fantastic, but David Byrne just did it again Saturday night. So I heard with his yeah. barefoot dancing, he, yeah. he okay. called him the true mayor of New York. I yeah, that was I'd great. go with that. Does does is David Byrne wearing the big suit in this dance off? Yeah, keep keep your microphone close because I want them to be in with you. Is, the big is, suit, the big shoulders. Yeah, from Stop Making Sense. Right? Yeah, I don't know, man. Steve, yeah, see, I feel like Steve answered that too quickly. He and, did because he's done some leg things. In there the was past. some People pretty great YouTube moves. This. So, and he he went back and got his um his license, his rock and roll license reinstated oh, a few years true, ago. Yes. Yeah. So I, I forgot amazed. about this. Uh, listeners, go to YouTube to rock. Look at Steve's uh, Kickstarter campaign. That was one of the funniest things. Ever. Okay, so who are you voting for? Steve's going with – who'd you go with? You I'm were... going to have to go with David Byrne. Wow. Okay. Scott? I'm not going up against Steve. I, I got to go with Steve. <laughs> all right. Nate, do you have any idea? I have no point of reference for this at all. No. I'm just enjoying here as a, as a spectator. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you saved the hardest question for last. Well, yeah. fortunately, I asked the question, so I don't get a vo vote. So it's a tie between David Byrne, Steve Taylor. That seems like a good tie. Yeah. It seems like a good tie. Yeah, a skinny tie. <laughs> <laughs> With large shoulder pads across the board. Uh Sorry, Peter Garrett. We love you. You lost out. Fantastic. Uh, and I think that's all we have. So until next time, I'm Nate. And I'm Aaron. We are your pals. What? Oh, let's, we have other pals. Wait, okay. let's, let's do oh, it I'm again. Steve. Just do Is it that again. what I was supposed yeah, to yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Scott. Hello. Let's do the Hi. whole thing. Come okay. on. Let's include everyone. So until next week, I'm Nate. I'm Aaron. I'm Scott. I'm Scott. <laughs> Dang okay, it. let's let's do it just one more time. It seemed like we should have gone in the okay. direction. Okay, of we're this. gonna go yeah. in that way. Okay, here we go. Until next week, I'm Nate.
Oh, okay. Just one more time. I wasn't ready that time. Just uh, here we go. All right. So until next week, I'm Nate. I'm Enrique. I'm Steve. I'm Scott. <laughs> and we are your pals on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Arg. Thank you.